So welcome, thank you for coming. My name's Nick Hill, I I'm a, a member, a staff member with Power to Change and a member of the Network for Christian Scholars, which is a group of Christian graduate students and professors. Um, it's my privilege to welcome George Sumner here tonight. Um, we're, we're in the middle of a series called God and Reason, and the intent of this series is to have different professors, academics, graduate students describe why they trust in God, and we're tackling different questions each week. And uh, the, the question for tonight is, what is the question? Anyone remember? All religions equal. All religions equal, right. So, uh, Dr. Sumner, can you describe a little bit about uh, your background, where you're from, your training? Yep. Um, I'm, a, uh, I'm a dual citizen. I'm a, a proud immigrant Canadian. I uh, am, in, by theology, an evangelical. I'm, by denomination, Anglican. Mm -hmm. I was ordained in Tanzania in East Africa. Uh, where I served in the early part of my ministry. I did um, uh, indigenous ministry for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, then um, went and got a PhD. I've been from Yale? From Yale University in the early 1990s. Okay, and you're the principal at? I'm the principal of Wycliffe College. It's always good to have a little commercial, Evangelical Theological College at, right across from Trinity College. So that's, a, that's actually part that of the university? That is part of the University of Toronto. If you're interested in stuff like this, come visit us at Wycliffe College. And so you grew up in Massachusetts? I grew up in uh, Massachusetts. Yep. I went to Harvard. Went to Harvard College a long time ago. Are you, you're married? I'm married uh, with a 25-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Good. for coming. Good. And looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a well, delight to be Dr. here. Everybody uh, has an outline for the talk. I just want to thank Power to Change and um, uh, Hospitality Boise and uh, all of you for coming. Um, I'm going to talk through my points, but same question. I think these, in events like this, the questions and answers are the liveliest and most, uh, uh, the best parts. So uh, uh, jot them down and uh, we'll get to them all. Um, If you were to read Thomas Aquinas in the late 13th century uh, in education in Europe in the high Middle Ages, education was all around questions. You would pose questions at the university. And sometimes they would have debates, two different schools or points of view would, would uh, debate the question out. And in those days, whenever you made a, uh, uh, you took part in one of these debates, you had to give all the arguments for both sides. You had to give all, if you were pro, you had to give all the con arguments, and then you had to give the pro arguments working in some of the good points that your opponents had made until finally you came out with your own, your own answer. So I'm, my task is to think uh, about this question, are all religions equal? And I'm going to, uh, go a little bit against what Thomas Aquinas would have done and give you some yeses and some noes. And then I'm gonna get around at the end to giving my <coughs> own, or uh, the, the particularly theological answer that I think um, Christians would wanna give. So let's start. Are all religions equal? I wanna start by saying yes. 
there are significant ways in which all religions uh, resemble one another. All religions do good in the world. All religions have some kind of um, uh, account of why one ought to do uh, charitable, uh, kind actions to others. And all religions have things for which they are rightfully regretful or ashamed. Uh, as a Christian, I'll, I'll speak as a Christian, but one could give a similar kind of answer for other religious traditions. Uh, Christians regret as they read the history of the Crusades or they regret the 17th century when Lutherans and Calvinists spent a lot of energy fighting each other over what seemed like small doctrinal matters. Or they regret what happened over many years in Northern Ireland between Protestants and Catholics. Are all religions equal? With respect to having things they're proud of and things they're ashamed of, all religions are similar. There have been philosophers who tried to actually quantify who has the best arithmetic at the end? That's a pretty hard question. Richard Swinburne is one who tried to figure out how would you add up the pluses and the minuses? Probably impossible to do. All religions are similar because they have certain similar kinds of features. Ninian Smart is a famous philosopher of religion, and he said all religions tend to have some kind of structure which has some kind of leadership which has some kind of central story, which has some kind of claim about what's true as a result of which it has a claim about how you ought to live. And maybe some kind of claim usually about what the destiny of the human person is. Now that's a very general statement, and in fact you'd have to get a lot more specific and you would realize that religions differ greatly, but at least in that much they are all similar. Are all religions equal? Yes, all religions have some kind of expression of some yearning of the human heart. All religions are after something, what the ancient Greek called eros, called the desire for the truth. That doesn't necessarily mean the religions, what, the thing, what they're actually desiring is a good thing. There might be a cult whose expression of this desire turns out to be evil. Uh, Jim Jones, right? That was an expression of the desire for the transcendent that went very, very wrong. But all religions have some kind of yearning for some uh, greater human uh, end. John Calvin, one of the great Christian theologians of the Reformation, said that all religions had what he called the sense of the divine. Although he ended up saying that what you do with the sense of the divine differs greatly. In many cases, you will end up being, as Romans 1 says, without excuse. The sense of divine is taking you in a, in a bad direction. But anyway, there are some general things in which we could answer yes, all religions the same. Are all religions the same is a question that often gets answered in the affirmative in the modern era. But this this way of saying yes is more problematic. Because many, many uh, philosophers or more secular uh, thinkers, uh, modern uh, intellectuals, would want to say that all religions are the same because none of them can talk about things that are ultimate. 
give you an example. The great philosopher Immanuel Kant said that human beings cannot ultimately know things that are beyond space, time, and human sense. Those things are beyond us. So all the religions are feeling about in the dark. And all that we really know are the things religions tell us to do as a result of these stories they tell. But in the end, they can't actually say anything that you could know about ultimate truth. Are all religions the same? That's a question that the modern age sometimes answers yes, but in a very problematic way. Think about that for a minute. If you think about religion in that way, what it means is that all the particular things that religions say no longer matter, right? What you've said is that whatever Muslims say, whatever Christians say, whatever Hindus say, really they can't know any of these things and behind all of that is simply a unknowable ultimate. The particular beliefs and, and claims are evacuated. And the problem with that is it doesn't actually pay attention to what your neighbor actually thinks. It's actually a form of disrespect. Modernity sometimes says all religions are the same because you can't know any of it and we'll just get down to practical matters. But the trouble with that is that you haven't actually attended to what you or your neighbor actually thinks about the world and actually thinks as a result what we ought to do. In a funny kind of way, pluralism, that approach, which means to be inviting of all religions, ends up giving real attention and serious attention to none of the religious claims. Okay. Number three, different goals and its offense. You all are attending some major other in the university, and one of the great watchwords of our era in intellectual life, university life, is the idea of difference. That we ought to attend to and respect the difference in others that we meet. So one place to start, are all the religions equal? You could say that they are not all equal because they are all radically different. Each religion has a different notion of what it is the human being is headed for. What's the goal of human life? In other words, if you were to really listen carefully to what your neighbor who might be a Muslim or a Hindu or a Sikh or a follower of a traditional religion might say, each of them actually has a very different notion of what human life, the human road, human story is after. We might as Christians want to subsume all those goals under the word salvation. That's how Christians would talk about what it is the human being is for. The kingdom of God. That's how Christians talk about what God put us here in his image uh, to, to head toward. But in fact, if you listen to your neighbors, they have different accounts of what human life is for. That, that account might be under the word nirvana, or for a Muslim it might be described in paradise. Um, so part of, in, 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 our, in our day and age, when difference is a great emphasis in intellectual life, 
Are all the religions the same equal? No, because all of them have a distinct end or goal that they're after. And you have to actually pay attention to the details of each one. Does that mean you can never compare religions? Well, certainly not. You can compare them in all kinds of ways. Jews, Muslims, and Christians all talk about uh, the kingdom of God or all have a notion of the, the last day, the day of judgment. There's a point at which you could compare three religious traditions, although what they want to say about it and what they think will happen on the last day might would be quite different. Comparison is possible, but comparison isn't necessarily easy. What does a Christian make of Zen Buddhism? Certainly, missionaries to, to Japan or, or Southeast Asia would want to have an answer to that question, but it isn't an immediately obvious answer how we would analyze because the end that Zen Buddhists have for human life and the end that Christians have are quite different. Number four, all frameworks make claims. Religions have universal intent. Are all religions the same? What we've just said is no. They're all just they're all different and distinct, and we have to actually pay attention to what they actually have to say. But you can say this much about religions, that they all make a big claim. One contemporary theologian called it, all religions have what he calls universal intent. They all want to say something about how the world really is. Not just how their particular clan is, or their particular neighborhood is, but how, what the world is like. Right? All of them have an ultimate claim. The idea of making an ultimate claim is actually an offensive idea in modern, postmodern intellectual life. Some years ago, a man named Alan Bloom wrote a book about modern university education. And he said, the one thing you mustn't talk about freshman year in any of your classes at university, you mustn't talk about what is true. You could talk about what's true for you. You could talk about what's true for this author. You could talk about what's true in a certain context. But actually, having a debate about what's actually true, ultimately, is the one thing that at least postmodern education has tried to foreclose. In that way, the religions are all equal in challenging that. They got different answers, but they're all equal in challenging this notion that we oughtn't to make a big claim about what is ultimately true. You, religions tend to have a universal intent. And in that, they're, they're, they're brothers and sisters. What they think the universal intent is, is different. But they all are arm in arm against modernity saying, we all ought to have a conversation about what is ultimately important. I can't add up, I don't know how many yeses and no's we've got so far, we're gonna keep going. Are all religions the same? Number five, what's behind the question? I think that religions Religions are offensive to the modern era for a couple of reasons. And one of them is that they make not only big claims, universal claims, but they also make particular claims, right? The religions share this. 
Christianity believes that things which happened in the first century in Palestine, right, and things which were spoken and written in the first century actually involve God in a unique final way speaking to us. And likewise, Muslims believe that, that the conveyance of the word of God to Muhammad was a unique event significant for all humankind. But if you think about it, both those religions believe that something happened in the world at a particular time and place that was more important than most anything else that ever happened, right? They believe that ultimate truth isn't something you necessarily can only find in a classroom, away from history, away from particular events, but that actually there are particular moments in which God could speak. And that is a generally offensive idea to modern intellectual life. The religions are united in not believing that God is aphasic. God is capable of speaking, although they disagree about exactly where and when he said what is final, what is his ultimate word to humankind. So religions are, are maybe not the same, but they're joined in having what I would call the scandal of particularity. They believe that God is capable of actually speaking in human history. Which makes sense. If he's God, he's capable of speaking. Right? To say that ultimate truth could never be found in any kind of relation to particular things that have happened in the world would be to limit what God can do. Another way to say it is this. That there is no viewpoint from nowhere. Everybody who answers the question question with universal intent. What is human life for? What are we here for? What's the final truth? Everybody who answers that question, be they a Hindu, Muslim, Christian, secularist, evolutionist, you keep going. Uh, everybody has some kind of set of assumptions which they then try to work out answering the, 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 the responses and criticisms that they then receive, right? There is no point of view which, as one philosopher, Thomas Nagel, says, is the point of view from nowhere. Christians have a particular point of view which has to do with particular events in history and the word of God in scripture that it results from them. Muslims have a particular point of view and so forth. But the notion that religions are equal in being sort of superstitious or prejudiced and somehow science, modernity, modern view, social science is somehow objective is actually an idea that in our own day has been left behind. Nobody is talking about ultimate truth with no starting point, right? Nobody's up totally up above. Christians have their own assumptions. They believe them to be true about the world, and they're ready to enter into some kind of conversation with others. Okay. Religions are offensive for two reasons. The first one's an intellectual reason, particularity, right? 
Christians and other religious traditions believe that things have happened in the world which are more important than any old event in the world, that God has actually spoken. That's an intellectual offense, that, that there are particularities to the religious tradition. You can't blend them in a Cuisinart. There's a second kind of offense that religions cause, and that I would call a moral offense. Right? If you look at why people worry about the religions, some people might criticize the religions by saying the religions are all equal in being equally dangerous and open to fanaticism, right? If you let people believe these particular things, they're liable to get themselves worked up into uh, irrational and perhaps dangerous points of view, right? And as I began this discussion, I admitted there are occasions in Christian history, in other histories, when uh, religion has been used for ill, right? We Christians would attribute that to the doctrine of original sin, doctrine of sin, right? We, we, we are not exempt from the corruption of the sons and daughters of Adam, right? Um, so there are indeed, you know, to, to say, is there any connection between how human beings have used, used religion and fanaticism? We say there are probably all kinds of examples. But if you look at human history, you can find all kinds of examples of fanaticism and, um, and its bitter fruit in people who are totally secular, right? The 20th century's record of fanaticism with respect to radical atheism called Marxism is not a happy one, right? This is only to say that human beings are broken creatures, and Christians have a, an account of that as well. Are all religions equal? The worry in the secular world is, first of all, that you could make a particular claim, that God could speak in a particular place, and second of all, that somehow the religions will, will inspire people to fight with each other, right? And the trouble with that claim is that people seem capable of fighting with each other whether they're religious or not. This isn't to say that religions shouldn't worry about, that the religion shouldn't give some kind of account of what other religions are about. More helpful than criticizing all of religions is to look at particular religions, Christianity being the example I'm gonna give, and say that Christians are obliged to think about and understand the particular things their neighbors say, right? Christians. Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, have over the years developed doctrines about other people's doctrines, right? Christians have things they believe, and they also have ways of understanding what other religious traditions believe. I'll give you an example. So in Islam, there is the idea of the people of the book, right? Now that's a doctrine about other doctrines, a way of understanding their neighbors, right? Um, you know, Christians have had an idea of natural law, that there are some truths, right, Romans 2, written in, in the human heart. That's a way of understanding the kind of truths that your neighbor uh, um, has grasped. Okay. 
Number nine, the risk of a claim. We are of all people. So, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says that he believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a result of which he believes in the resurrection of the general resurrection of the dead. Right? He's giving a reason for his belief about where human life is headed because of what he believes about Jesus Christ. And then he says, if this isn't so, I am what? Of all people, most to be pitied, right? So St. So Paul is saying that Christianity for him makes a claim about the world, right? It makes a claim based on what God has done in Jesus Christ. And, it, and then he says that that tells us something about where the, 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 the goal of human life, where it's headed, that he's willing to defend. And he thinks there's a risk to that, right? He believes that to be true. And he says, if it isn't true, then I'm most to be pitied, right? He knows that there's a risk to faith. He believes it's rational. He can argue about it. Remember in Acts, he's willing to go to the, to the uh, Areopagus and, and make a claim about uh, religions, religions that uh, worship that whose name they don't yet know, right? He's willing, he thinks that the things can be said about this rationally, but he does think that it is a claim of truth. He believes it'll be self-evident in heaven, but here we have to contest for it. We have to make an argument for it. Um, the religions here on earth, in the meantime, between now and the kingdom of God, are contesting with each other. And one of the things they contest with each other is, is truth, and one thing that we hope they contest with each other is charity, so that the truth claim they make will actually be attractive and plausible to other people who hear it. Are all the religions equal? They're all equal in making a claim, right? They make a claim, and that claim here in this in-between time we live in is a claim that is contestable. Okay, I've given you lots of reasons. Let me, let me, let me say one more thing. Um, I, I want to go back. You know, Christians believe that they can give an account of or, or, or reasons in this claim why, uh, what what sort of sense they make of other religious traditions. And other religious traditions do that as well. Uh, here on the University of Toronto campus, uh, David Novak is a famous Jewish studies scholar who's written a number of books about how Jews understand Christians, right? Uh, he said, you know, Jews understand Christians to be people under what they call the covenant of Noah, right? A sort of simpler Torah for, for Gentiles. Um, I just read a book by a guy named Muhammad Khalil who gives an account from a Muslim point of view or a number of accounts about how Muslims think about unbelievers and how they think about unbelievers who believe in the one God. So these kind of accounts, in the contestation, Christians have their own beliefs. They contend for their being true. They realize that in the meantime, they have to, they have to give arguments. And they try to make sense. They try to make their sense of their neighbors. And their neighbors are doing the same thing. OK. All right. Up until now, everything I've said 
has been true about the religions, of which Christianity is an example. So what is it, if you're a Christian, what do you believe differentiates the Christian religion from all other religious faiths? Right? Okay? Right. So so other um right. So so one thing Christians might want to say is excellent point. One thing Christians might want to say, other religions are works, right? But Christianity is based on grace. Now the problem is that we Christians know that sometimes we try to base things on works, right? I try to justify myself in all kinds of ways. So works, Paul reminds us, actually, you know. Uh, strikes home as well. But the thing that differentiates us is grace. And grace we associate with, with Jesus Christ. Right? So the claim Christians make about Jesus Christ is the, is the premier claim and reality which they believe differentiates them from all other religious traditions. That's a radical claim. Think about it for a minute. They don't believe that they're differentiated by only being the ones who say anything that's true. They don't believe they're differentiated by only being the ones who do good things. They don't believe that they're exempt from human sinfulness, right? They don't believe they're exempt from the need to try to make their case in, a, in, in the modern era, right? But they do believe that this one claim about Jesus Christ and not about themselves or about the church is the one thing that makes them distinct. Right? Now, if a Muslim were giving this talk, a Muslim would have a different account of the one thing that makes them distinct. Right? True? Um, but as a Christian, that is the differentiating factor. Right? Now, the only place, the, the usual place, not the only place you hear about Jesus Christ is in the church. Right? Churches fallible, broken, flawed. Human beings are fallible, broken, and flawed. But Christians want to say all religions are not equal with respect to the one thing, pearl of greatest price, right? Um, that they identify with the claim by Jesus Christ. All right. So what's the relationship of that claim to other religions? Right? Not the claim about us, because we're a, we're a dubious lot. Not the claim about the church, all kinds of flaws, but the claim about Jesus Christ. What's the relation between that claim and what other religious traditions believe? Um, there are lots of answers the Christian church has given, that Christians have given. But in general, Christians have wanted to say that, every, that there are lots of stories there are lots of accounts of the human journey. And that for each of those accounts, Jesus Christ is where the stories go. Right? He's the end point of the story, but he's also the place to begin with respect to what is most true. Right? One excellent example is law and gospel, right? That human beings are struggling, including us, to justify ourselves, but finally, God reveals that which um, we don't justify ourselves, but he justifies us. Um, uh, another example is that every one of the religions is God speaking in a, in a 
in a, in a way that we can partially hear, but the full word clearly articulated, not partially broken with static on the line, is the word himself is Jesus Christ. Partially revealed and fully revealed. Christians have lots of ways of telling these stories, and the, and the punchline of the story is always Christ himself. Right? What that means is that Christians have a particular kind of relationship to other religions. They believe that they both fulfill them and they also transform them, right? Upend them. And it's not them, but it's the claim about Jesus Christ. Christians believe that what Jesus Christ speaks to us is in fact a revelation of both who God is and also where the human story is finally So, here's a question for you. The words I've just said, do those, are, those, are those words plausible to people who aren't Christians, right? Um, they're words that begin from where Christians start, right? They begin from things Christians believe. But if they're true and have universal intent, they ought to make sense. People may disagree, religions are contested, right? They can have a debate in the world over what's, what's the truth, but those words ought, Christians should be accountable to have those words make sense in the world. They ought to be ready to answer the questions that other religious traditions ask, right? But what I've just said starts from within the Christian world, the Christian assumption, right? But once you start there, those, that account ought to make some kind of sense uh, to the world more generally. Um, so about 10 years ago, I was, at a, I was teaching a class, and we had a guest who was a Shiite philosopher, went to Regis College, so it was a great class, and our guest was telling how, from his own tradition, they thought about Christians. Christians were creatures of God. Christians were going to stand before Allah on the last day. Christians had, I mean, human beings, you know, they were um, endowed with the same kinds of uh, uh, gifts as other, other creatures. Um, and then at the end, he said, almost wistfully, he said, you know, the one thing I can't understand is why a God who can, who is all-powerful, could not, in his mercy, simply wave his hand and forgive all humanity's sins. He said, I understand that we share the idea that there is a God, but a God who would give his son, right? Who would give his son in order that we might be saved in this self-giving way, that is different than what, than what he, as a, as a, as a Shiite, believed. It was a wonderful moment because it showed that religions overlap. There were common beliefs, but there were also differences, right? That that belief about the atonement, about the claim about the Son of God, about the Trinity is different than what Islam believes. And there was a, there was a conversation to be had, a debate to be had. 
It was a great moment for a bunch of Christian theology students because it threw the ball back in their court. Okay, guys, let's hear it. Excellent question. Why not a wave of the hand, but why sending his son, right? That's an amazing story, and it's, and it's, and it's a... It's a story that turns upside down all kinds of things you would expect, right? About what power means, ultimate power, right? So I guess my, the reason I offer this example is there was a case where a neighbor from another religious tradition did a service to the Christian students in that room, right? Because that neighbor asked a question that required Christians to give an account of themselves, right? Because when they talk to each other, we all talk to each other, we're used to this kind of talk, right? You go to church, talk about, I, every morning I hear this, right? I'm used to it. But that question, okay, now we've got to back up and say, who is this God and what kind of power is it? And what, you need to say a, a lot more. That's a case where the challenge from a, from a neighbor religious tradition actually was of service to Christians in giving an account of the hope that is in them, right? It was a great class. I was sorry when he left. Um, and it also reminds us that what Christians believe about this unique claim about Jesus Christ is connected to the cross, right? And that's an offensive idea. Offensive to everybody, right? Sometimes offensive to us who want to justify ourselves. Okay. Are all the religions equal, right? With respect to us, um, religion is a human phenomenon, and we Christians partake of all that is good and and discouraging about the human human endeavor. And with respect to their shape, they're quite similar. But with respect to the one thing which the Christian religion is for, it is distinct, and it has to give it, and Christians have to give an account of that, and it turns upside down even as it fulfills other religious claims, and other religions can challenge that, and that makes us give an account of ourselves once again. 